life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. I'm missing our trip already. No kidding. I am happy no to be back. Kidding. By the way, jet lag stinks. Yes. I'm well, you, still, I, I've only been back one day. You've been back and I'm, well, not less than quite that, 24 actually, hours. Not having, super thrilled with yeah. my sleeping habits. <laughs> I feel really weird right now. It's, I'm sure. It's, yeah, nighttime in Germany, I think. But uh, anyway, we're doing it, and uh, it's nice to be back. Um, I'm thinking about, yeah, just the trip in general, but mm-hmm. also thinking about first world problems. You were talking about, uh, you know, being stopped in traffic on the German Autobahn yeah. on a de-restricted stretch, stopped in traffic. Yeah, that's And that's whining about it, yeah. thinking, oh, man, we uh-huh. could be going however fast right now. <laughs> I found myself doing that a lot because I went out to Munich for a little bit after mm-hmm. our pilgrimage trip, stayed for just the weekend. And then came back up to Frankfurt for the motor show. It's currently underway as of this recording right now. Yet you still got in a press day and then jumped on a plane, which I'm (laughs) very impressed with. It was uh, it was kind of gnarly, but it was fun to be at the show. I'm sure it was interesting to see all the journalists that you and I have heard about and know, and they're all there. But it's such a big show. Oh sure, I didn't know where people were. Of course, I don't have yeah, their yeah, cell yeah. phone numbers handy, <laughs> and uh, everybody was just walking around doing their own thing because this whole hall it's not actually one conference center. It's actually a series of I think about ten buildings. Seriously. It's laid out as the Congress Center in Frankfurt, okay. and it's multiple conference halls, all all spread out in one area. But to walk from one end to the other, it'll take you forty five minutes. Wow! It's all different architectures. They're all varying sizes, but they're all large. Okay, and this is a huge show. Are they actually like indoor interconnected, or do you actually have to leave a building to get to the next? Some one? of them are, some of them are not. So you have to go outside, and then huh. they got this huge central plaza area with fountains. Wow! And they had car manufacturers set up uh, Volkswagen and uh, Skoda, and okay. of course Range Rover. They had all the off road drives. Of course with they did. Mounds yeah. of dirt trucked yeah. in, and they were doing all this stuff. Unbelievable! In this huge central courtyard mclaren was doing drives in there volkswagen mm. was doing drag mm. racing all this was happening in the central courtyard it's so big yeah no, none of that is the actual show <laughs> yeah i get it not just the show amazing so uh yeah it was fun to be there and really interesting of yeah. course i tried to blow up instagram as you probably saw with as many photos there, as there were could. a couple photos on there yeah and uh, despite as big as show as this is the companies that were not there general motors in any form Interesting. Well, because Interesting, Opal yeah. covers sure. many Buick products sure, elsewhere yeah, in the world. Okay. But FCA, Fiat, Chrysler, and Dodge. Because were not they don't there. sell in Germany. Yeah. Infinity and Acura, although the parent companies of both have yeah. products there, yeah, but yeah. those brands are not represented. Lincoln, Tesla, Neo, Faraday Future, Lotus, or Volvo were not there. That Now, that one surprises me. Most of the yeah. rest of the list I'm not surprised by, especially uh, considering Lincoln, nothing to see here. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but honestly, Lotus and Volvo, both, I mean, honestly, I could see no Lotus maybe, but no Volvo. No that Volvo. That really surprises Isn't me. Isn't that amazing? And what was shocking, and pun intended, I guess, here, is the amount of Tier 1 suppliers that were also exhibiting with ready-to-go electric car platforms mm. for battery capability and here's the platform for autonomy or just building your electric car welcome you've got a car company we'll do all the supplying for you all the manufacturing interesting i mean the denso magnas 
all a bunch of companies okay. I've never heard of. Almost looking to have somebody like a Ford or somebody yeah. swoop in and go, we want to partner with you and make a car. Exactly right. Interesting. Okay. And then, of course, all the French companies, mm-hmm. three or four Chinese companies that are doing really well and building a lot of cars. It just it But had stuff this, we don't get. Yeah. Stuff we don't, we'll never get. I just had this overwhelming sense as immersed as you and I are in cars and the car mm-hmm. world and as big as the market is in the U.S. For sure. For sure. It's still just a tiny piece of the global sales and the global Excellent point. automotive Excellent industry. Point. Yeah. Remember Suzuki? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nobody thinks about Suzuki in the U.S. Yeah. They had a huge pavilion. Huh. Huge. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Along with Sherry and Way.com, which is Great Wall Motors. It's now the luxury brand. Interesting. Sangyong. Okay. Right. I mean, these yeah. are companies to not be ignored anymore. Well, they're companies that sell a lot of product everywhere but here, which is exactly very interesting. Right. You know, I mean, Suzuki left right when they had the Kazashi, which actually you and I both kind of liked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, they left our, our market, but that didn't mean they left completely. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I've always found that interesting. The companies that seem to make clearly a good business case for themselves. They're not, I mean, look, I'll put it this way. The companies that are far more successful than Lotus, I realize it's a low bar, but I'm just going to go there. Far more successful (laughs) than Lotus that don't even bother to sell here. Hmm. Hmm. You know, that they're, they're, they're solvent companies that sell cars every year and if you go overseas, you All go, of France. Oh, exactly. If you go overseas, you go, oh my gosh, there's one right there. Yeah, Renault is a perfect example. You know, <laughs> you know? Citroen is a perfect example. These cars, the, the Peugeot, large you know, the, 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 yeah, they're well known companies with history, in some cases, pedigree, and yet you'll never see one here. Well, thank you guys for writing in. We've got a lot of social media questions, which I figure we'll cover up front for the Frankfurt show. A lot of Frankfurt questions, which yeah. I want you to cover for sure. Which was good. And uh, I, I want to talk about some highlights and some general thoughts that struck me. Please. And you had Please. said, just kind of keep in mind as you're walking around, mm-hmm. general things that strike you. I was actually looking for textures and patterns and the the usage on most cars. Okay. And there is a question on Instagram I want to get to about timeless designs and and we'll get there but to start out with i've got to talk about highlights and lowlights of the show for me i'm <laughs> i'm pretty uh amazed by how dominant mercedes is at this show i mean it's the backyard yeah this is their home turf it's like detroit is for the big three automotive manufacturers sure. yeah, here yeah. In the states yeah yeah but this is home turf for all the german manufacturers volkswagen was very clearly on their best behavior <laughs> they're tiptoeing around. They're introducing electric products. They're not have even mentioning our the word cars? diesel. Have you seen our electric cars? By the way, over here we have an electric car. Oh, have you seen that? That's a gas car. Oh, yes. I mean, they're, they introduced the Ardeon, which is the replacement for the Volkswagen CC. Actually, uh-huh. pretty cool. Yeah, okay, cool. I mean, a lot of other ID buzz and ID electric cars. Yeah, this is yeah, their yeah. new thing. Electric. It's like all these car manufacturers have discovered <laughs> electric cars. Ford has been dragging their feet. Everybody's been dragging their feet. And Tesla's yeah. way out front going, hi. Hello. We're over here. Been thinking about Welcome this already. To the future. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was very much a catch up for Volkswagen at the show. They were showing a lot of good product. And let's be clear, Volkswagen was never 
producing bad cars. They're always exquisitely made, well-engineered, mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. cars. They were just cheating. Yeah, there is just that little thing they were doing on the side, which also shows good engineering, <laughs> if we're honest. But exactly. uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's illegal engineering, but it's clearly very good engineering. But it was very yeah. good. No, the the products are really quite good. The Polo has a GTI version now. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Up has a GTI version now. <laughs> the tiniest thing you can imagine has the, has the sports car version of this. So it was very interesting to walk around and, and kind of get the general vibe. Well, that's the reason with the Chance and I, he was on the last podcast, and it was great to have him here, but it's the reason he and I just avoided all Frankfurt questions because I thought, okay. Fair you enough. know, Fair he enough. and I can talk about, we looked at the photos from across the world, but I honestly, and then this sounds weird, I honestly kind of refuse to dig into it very far and form opinions because I thought me looking at whatever's been released online is fine. You were walking around and looking at this stuff. Sure. And, and I really wanted to get... have done this with various shows totally. when we're not in attendance. Of course, of course. But in this case, you actually had the ability to be there. If you, if you and I are both kind of looking at it from mm-hmm. afar, that's one thing. But you know what? I want to hear from you about walking the floor and seeing this stuff. And I have to ask the obvious question. Okay, Everyone's please. wondering. All right. 9-11 GT3 Touring. <laughs> I wasn't going to start there, but we'll get it out of the way. I really liked this car. Okay. I'm really intrigued by this car mm-hmm. because GT3s are very aspirational. After this they trip, are. of course. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we do our pilgrimage trip, we, we Corey, who was with us, you may have heard him on the podcast. He made yeah, a comment yeah, yeah. where he thought we were kidding until he got there. <laughs> and after about a day, realized he should stop looking at every GT3 that passes by because there'll be another one along in a minute. Yes, we found the dispenser. It is working properly. Good news, everyone. It's just not firing our, our direction. That's the only problem. <laughs> no, oh, it's yeah. not dispensing our direction. So, yes, this car is really interesting. I mean, Porsche is now dicing things even more finely. Do they need this car? Do they need this model? No. But it actually, I think, a GT3 that, you know, what if you don't track it all the time? What if you Mm -hmm. don't live near the ring? And you want that feel and you want that manual transmission version Mm -hmm. that it now has. So mechanical feeling, so delicious. And then no wing. And I think, okay, would people gravitate towards this car? Would they track it? Maybe not, but... You're driving it more but, than you're tracking it. Yes. But, and you want that GT3. But Chance okay. and I talked about... This the only thing we touched on on the show. We talked about okay. it last time. We talked about how this feels like Porsche proactively putting their money where their mouth is and creating a car that undermines the 911R so people can't speculate them. I think you guys are right in that line of thinking because Porsche doesn't need this model. No. By any stretch. No. They're going to sell cars. They're still... Yeah, mm-hmm. twenty-two mm-hmm. flavors of the nine eleven still uh, and growing like that. clearly based on this. Yeah, so yes, this might be a, a way to make the nine eleven R less valuable, as you're thinking, mm-hmm. and a manual transmission, hot track car, but it's a touring model, and I, I didn't see so, anywhere that it was going to be limited production either. Uh, yeah, there yeah, was that's key. no talk of that. Now, what's what's the back seat? Does it have a cage, and does it have a back seat? No cage, no back seat. It's a okay. GT3. It's a GT3, the but RS not an RS. The RS has a half cage yeah. and yeah, PDK. Yeah. Yeah. This is manual transmission, mm-hmm. no cage. It's it's the entire GT3 without the wing Yeah, is yeah, what yeah. it is. And now that breath but of manual it, transmission. But back. it has the mechanical wing like you would get on a normal Carrera. Correct. It has the, the, the wing that lifts. Correct. Yeah. It does. Actually, did you see Willy Willy wrote in on our email address? And I wanted to respond to that because it relates right here. He actually sent some photos of... A 991 GT3 RS that he saw with a wing delete. Mm. The RS now with a wing delete. Mm-hmm. Because underneath that wing is a ducktail. 
And I have to say, I think that version's the business. Now, this is obviously somebody bought one and took the wing off themselves. It's not like Porsche offers it that way. But that little ducktail looks really cool on that car <laughs> once you reveal it by taking <laughs> off the big, you know, here's your dinner table wing. I'm looking at it as well. I'm thinking, all right, yeah, the RS version of that. But again, does Porsche need to create this model? No, they don't. No, 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 no. For but sure. this is, I think you're right, Porsche proactively making it so the speculators mm -hmm. can't win. Mm-hmm. Which I am really thrilled by. Does it's Porsche amazing. need another version of the 911? No, they don't. Mm -hmm. But they're not becoming Ferrari, and that makes me happy. We had the exact same comment. It's it's the exact opposite strategy to Ferrari. Mm -hmm. it, it couldn't be more polar opposite, and I find it fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I also think it yeah. creates a world where you're more prone to want to drive their cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because and you can it's, get one. It's a you car can that you can get yeah, one. It's a car that you can buy, and it's a car that. Yeah, okay, they're worth something, but whether you drive it or you don't drive it, it's not like they're just ratcheting up in price. Except, yeah. of course, the classics. The classics are a separate thing. Sure, but, you sure, know, sure. I mean, that's they watched what happened with the RS. The RS was what 160, 180 grand when it came out, and six months yeah. later, the RSs were two hundred and fifty. Oh yeah, they, they touched you know, over three hundred for a while, and then they yeah. dropped down to a bargain basement quarter mill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whoa, let's buy two <laughs> or or stand by the dispenser. These are the options. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you and I are figuring out a way to include the two museums in Stuttgart on We're the front on end of our pilgrimage trip. We're hoping to. You and I year. had stopped by the Porsche Museum there, and that's when they first mm -hmm. introduced the new Cayenne. Yeah, which I also saw at the show. And I'm segueing into interiors right now, okay. and this new use of the glass touchscreen. Uh -huh, well, that's uh -huh. not news, but the touchscreen panels made of glass that are all the button replacement in the Porsche. Oh, in the center console, sure. So just imagine a car show where the cars aren't on. Mm -hmm. Everybody's touching buttons, and so you get in it, and they're coated with fingerprints. Of course they are. The Range Rover Velar was this way. Mm -hmm. The Cayenne was this way, much to my disappointment, to be mm -hmm. honest. It cleans things up, and it gives it a very futuristic, digital, techie look. Until anyone touches it. Until you touch it. Yeah. Now, is it easy to clean? Yeah. Quick swipe with a rag. Okay, you can get them off. Yeah. Probably easier than the nooks and crannies of actual buttons. Sure. It's probably cheaper to manufacture because it's not so many little plastic parts. Possibly. Possibly. But the actual result of that is fingerprints everywhere, All and it's the place. in just All about the every car. Yeah, I, screens are growing. I agree with you. Fingerprints are going to be everywhere, mm -hmm. and this <laughs> this is now yet another first world problem by virtue of where tech is going. Mm -hmm. And it was very evident every car i got into it's just fingerprints all over stuff mm, mm. you know traditional cars that had a lot of buttons you didn't seem so apparent but it Agreed. really yeah. was glaring in the new cayenne i like the interior now but i like it less for that reason interesting i was I kind totally of disappointed that. and i don't think people realize that that would be the result I don't think they were really thinking it through like that. Well, but but think about how much, and it depends person to person. Everybody keeps their stuff differently. But think about how often you see, I mean, I'm guilty, you see people's computer screens or their phones, mm -hmm. both of which have no buttons, both of which you can touch and can clean. Right, right. But yet, when was the last time those were cleaned? Exactly. And your, your iPad. When, when exactly. did you clean it last? Exactly. How many fingerprints does it have? If you have children, many is the answer. <laughs> I mean, you get but kid grease in any of totally, these cars. Totally. And you know, this and was yes, one of the you things. Can wipe it, but but this is one of the things that we and many others railed on Cadillac for for burying their cars in piano black uh, substances. Mm -hmm. Is that right. the problem with piano black was it was always smudged with fingerprints? 
I'm finding a lot but of yet, that in a lot of these. Here cars. we go. All if everything's a touch touch button, then everything's going to be fingerprinted. That's an interesting uh, discussion point. I hadn't thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Well, so on to BMW. This door thunk thing that is uh, a thing of mine. I got yes. in the exclusive 7 Series. I thought, oh, I'll sit in the back. Mm-hmm. And I closed the door, and then I opened it, and I closed it again, and thinking, I am not impressed with that sound. This is BMW's flagship car. It should give me a feeling of, I spent money. Ka-gong. Yeah. The Audi and the Mercedes do that. Okay. The Porsches do that. Yes. The Kia Stinger does that. Interesting. This is now my you've problem. gone down down market, and yet they did a better job on door closing. I mean, here here's the thing: there is a if you if you really want to delve into the madness of this, watch our Fifty Years of Nine Eleven film because we talk about the ping. There is actually a high pitched ping oh, that yes. an old nine eleven will make when you close the door. And Paul, it's a coveted. We all ping, love him. Paul Paul waxes poetic about why the ping is wonderful, as do most classic nine eleven owners. Yes. And I rail against on the other side because this is what I do. But there is an interesting thing about door sound and i will go with you on one thing i don't really care but the lotus elise has a tin can door sound sure but it's a lotus elise exactly right bare bones track car it fits the car and that's fine i take your point if you're going to climb into a an exquisite high-end luxury vehicle there should be some sort of solidity i don't really care about door, door noise but i will but i will follow you this far there should be some solidity and some luxury in the way everything latches connects Clicks mm-hmm. together, if you will. It gives a sense of this was engineered in a certain way. Now, uh-huh. I'm not saying, you know, when you're standing at Home Depot or any, you know, home repair, home improvement place. Sure. People will pick up one faucet and they'll pick up another and think, oh, well, this one's heavier. That must mean it's better quality. Now, not necessarily because there's so many lightweight materials. Sure. Magnesium, yeah, carbon course. fiber, all that yeah, kind of, of stuff, which is actually better quality and it's lighter and it doesn't have that heavy feeling. But in this case... It didn't say to me, wow, this is really well engineered. Mm, mm. It sounded like your average Honda. Sure. It was okay. Sure, sure, sure. But then I got in the Stinger GT. But that's the big juxtaposition point. Whoa. Yeah. This feels and sounds really well made. Which, Which means, what that really means is, it means that somebody at Kia had this thought in their head. Absolutely. And somebody at BMW didn't worry about it. It's perception. And, mm-hmm. you know, ranting a little bit more about BMW, I think their interior design is, it's stale at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing the same themes in the in the 2 Series that yeah. I am in the flagship 7 Series. Yeah. Mercedes is now killing it. Audi's always had a handle on things. And the 2 Series, or, or just BMW in general, the interiors are just so, they're boring now. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see the same switch gear. I don't want to see the same themes just repeat it over and over. I want the 7 Series to be something really exclusive, and I, yeah. I couldn't go there. Now, this is not the kind of car you and I discuss most often. This is true, but, you, but you're making a point about flagship vehicles, and I, and I do, I do take that point. Again, back to the highlight of the show for me was the Kia Stinger GT. Mm. Yes, it's a big car. I was going to say, does it, is it big? No, that's not a bad thing, because yeah. it was designed to be a large GT touring car. Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. get it in rear-wheel drive. I also saw all-wheel drive as an available option. Okay. okay. 370 horsepower twin turbo V6. Yeah, that's that's not that's not bad. Wow. That's excellent, in fact. What's the weight? I, I didn't look at the weight. Okay. Now, it's going to be heavy. Of course but, it will. Yeah. You know, you and I are looking forward to driving this thing, of course. Of course we are, yeah. But style and spades, for me, Kia and Hyundai were killing it at the show. Think about their... All their new releases, the mm-hmm, Proceed, mm-hmm. that other concept car. I haven't yeah. posted pictures of that yet, yeah, but you yeah. can find it on any of your favorite 
you know, car channels. For sure. The Proceed, the Stinger GT, um, a lot of just all kinds of models that are just really well done, well mm-hmm. made. I mm-hmm. think they're, they've really arrived. And it was really pleasing to see. They were my favorite highlight of the show. Interesting. I sat on the i30N. Oh, yeah. The new hot hatch. The new hot hatch, which has to come to the U.S. It Let's has so. to come here. Let's hope so. The shifter feel in that car was quite good. It felt very really? mechanical. Steps away from a Honda S2000, I felt like. That's high praise because, honestly, as much as we've liked Hyundai and Kia, I have always felt like one of the places they have been behind has been shifter feel. Well, transmission in general, automatic mm-hmm. or stick shift, but shifter feel for sure in their stick shifts. It was in the same room as a Honda S2000. That's amazing. The room That's might be impressive. big, but it was in the same room. <laughs> That's impressive. It didn't okay. feel right. rubbery and vague. It felt good. mechanical and good. And, Things slotted home. And that's fantastic. Like, wow. If that's how they're thinking about this N, this whole N thinking. If that's their approach, yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm really excited about that. And then getting on to British cars. <laughs> okay. I, and, uh, hey, <laughs> I, I like the British cars. I will admit it. I don't know if you want to segue into more winner beater thoughts uh, no, down not, the road. No, we'll, we'll get there. But uh, owning a British car, mm-hmm. as you do, I, I do. think, yes. what makes distinctly British things? I'm sitting in the Jaguars, the new E-Pace. By the okay. way, the E-Pace is only offered in a combination of gasoline internal combustion engines. Nothing about the E-Pace will ever be electric. In spite of how the name suggests, yeah. Right. No, that is the I-Pace, mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. If you want electric, it's i well, because, I stands for electric. Because E is suggesting a class down in size right. from F type. Theoretically. It is. Theoretically, but we're we're having to follow the rabbit trail and it gets confusing. I'm sitting in Range Rovers, mm-hmm. I'm sitting mm-hmm. in the Jags. Mm-hmm. I'm asking myself the question, what is distinctly British about these cars? Excellent question. Yeah. I think I have found an answer. All right. It's simplicity in in, in design. It's well-executed materials, all that kind of stuff. It's simplicity of design. Mm-hmm. So a lot of clean, simple panels punctuated by a control. And mm, on the exterior, okay, it's okay. simple, clean surfaces. Very Mercedes-like, but uh, again, very distinctive in the style. I mean, they're, you, you know it's a Jaguar by their style. It's the, you know what? It's striking me as we're talking about it. It's the opposite end from Cadillac. Cadillac doing all yes. these sharp lines, major corners, mm-hmm. creases. This is interesting. And and, and the, the European, pardon me, the, uh, the British stuff is more flowing lines by comparison. It is. I'm seeing Things where you're going. flow in the interior and then punctuated by a okay. thing. That okay. does a thing. That sure. knob or that button or that screen does a yeah, thing yeah, yeah. for me. But it's clean design. Whereas now I'm coming away thinking still lots of respect for BMW and loving them. But is BMW the Subaru of Germany? I'm I'm wondering because okay. think about this. <laughs> Mechanically, they're brilliant. Uh, I'm, listen- I'm listening. I'm genuinely Mechanically, listening. BMWs are brilliant. Uh-huh. You can beat on them. They run. We've beat on many BMWs on many tracks. They just work and they're yeah. fast and yeah. they run. Mm-hmm. But the interiors are okay in comparison to their major competitors, the other German car companies. I see how you get here. I do see how you get here. And they think differently. BMW is the only company Uh on the planet that makes cars and motorcycles. Okay. Yes, Audi owns Ducati, but that's not their thinking. They just happen to own the company, and I think they've divested already. But no other company thinks sport and bike and lightweight and still Hmm. you know, something you can really beat on 
I see what you're doing. We like them. Yeah. They're reliable. Yeah. They work great. But then they're just kind of the, I think they're the Subaru of Germany. So we have, I love that we have Mercedes, the Chevy of Germany, and now BMW, the Subaru of Germany. I love how we're, we're, we're mixing this up. I, I'm we trying have to, to find, that by, We have to by, find a new space field. for Audi because I'm loving, I'm loving this comparison quite, quite a lot. So, yeah, wrapping up here with, uh, with thoughts on these British cars, you know, the, the Union Jack motif was on the Mini Cooper Electric. So that's on the taillights. It's in the perforated leather seats of the Range Rovers. Insane. Think of an American car that uses the American flag as part of its design motif. I don't think you can name one. Yeah. I mean, the closest you can get is probably the red, white, and blue uh, logo that arrives on the Camaro. But even that's just the colors, but not the flag. But the actual flag? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that Germany really does this, but the British are quite proud of their products. For sure. As they should be. The Jaguar, man, they made a great impression. I have a weird soft spot for Range Rovers now. I know you do. This is strange to me. I can't explain it, but the clean design, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again, punctuated by by very few buttons, but then the whole instrument panel of the Velar comes to life. Okay. It erases the fingerprints. You only see them when it's off. Yeah. But, now that it's lighted, you can't see how many fingerprints. How many kids were in this car before exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah. But such clean design on all these British products. While you're talking British, I have to ask, mm-hmm. was the TVR there? I didn't see it, but that doesn't mean it was not there. Okay. Because things change from day one to day two. Fair point. And it's also easy to miss things because there were so it's many people massive. there. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. It's just, you see a crowd of people I just, and... Mm. <laughs> I, I TVR is one of those brands that I have a an irrational soft spot for. The Cigaris is on my. I have ten car garage. I need to ship a Cigaris so over. Funny. It's you just, and your British cars. Yeah, I just I, I noted yeah. these because I knew you're into them. And well, it's I'm weird. I don't really know why I'm into British them. cars, but 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 they keep winding up. They keep winding up on my guilty pleasure list. I guess that's sure. the best way to put it. Sure, they aren't necessarily my first go to car, but they're that. It seems like many of the cars where I'm like. I just want one anyway. Happened to be a British brand. <laughs> well, speaking of British brands, uh, you had your wife on track recently. Oh, in oh, your you, little yeah, British you wanna, car. You want to talk about that? Not? Yeah. Okay. I um. Yes. I actually should post a couple video clips from this. Uh, while you were flying back, uh-huh. I went to something at our local track here. Uh, it used to be called Miller Motorsports Park. Now it's called Utah Motorsports Campus. Great track. If you've watched our uh, Mustang GT Drive Day or our ST Octane piece, those were both at that track. It's a great, great track. We've been on it a few times. They do a thing called Wide Open Wednesday. Guess what day of the week that happens on. You can do one of three things. You can do single laps. Think of it as taking the racetrack and and using it like an autocross course. You want run one at a time around this this track is about a four-mile track. It can be split in half. One half, they run that. So everybody's released one at a time. You can also do autocross for ridiculously cheap. And you can also do this thing they called Wow Plus, mm-hmm. which is about a 30-minute session on track with an instructor. And everybody, I mean, there's 10, 12 cars on track at the same time. So you're doing basic passing and this kind of thing. Right, right. You and I have done it before. We did it with the FRS, and we first had that car. It was our first long-term piece. We did one of these events. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, I've had the, well, maybe not obviously, but I've had the Lotus right about six weeks at this point. Okay. And I want to track it in, in general. 
but I haven't tracked this one yet. So this for me was I need to go and just kind of do a shakedown. And where are we? And one of the things I discovered is I need to do some things to my brakes. So because I, I <laughs> this is what shakedown track days are for. exactly right. I cooked the brakes out, but but I had a lot of fun. So I did this, but I also thought all right, I'm going to go. And then my wife, who of course as we've all discussed, is loving driving the Lotus. So funny. She's never been on track. I thought you know what? Why don't you do a session too? <laughs> so I did first session. And she's never been on track. No, never at all. In Everybody fact, caught that part. In right. fact, also never ridden with me on track. That's the other thing you have to know. It's not even. She hasn't even done track ride along. Start you off at lotus level. Exactly. Here but you go. Best of luck, honey. I love you. Um, anyway, so but here's Gosh. the thing. So I did first session. There were three sessions. I did first session. We skipped a session. She did last session. Um, she loves this lotus, but yeah. this was not. The chain of events that led to her being strapped into the Lotus in the four-point harness was not a good chain of events. Was the water about eight feet deep? Was it 12 feet deep? Yeah, well, she had she had a very difficult day work-wise. She picked up our son from one of his after-school activities. She picked him up actually a little bit early to rush out to the track. It's about an hour away. And she was running behind. You know what we should do after a bad day? Then she had to get gas, which meant she was further running behind. Then they arrived at the track when my session was over, which devastated my son because he wanted to see me on track. So now he's in a mood. Which is very cute. It's cute, but that's just adding on. Right. But when she pulled into the parking lot of the track, it was late enough. She thought she was going to be there with about 15, 20 minutes to spare. It was late enough that she had to literally park her Cayenne, get out of the Cayenne, and walk directly into the driver's meeting. I mean, I pretty much just said, hi, glad you're here. You need to go into that room. <laughs> right into the deep end. Mm-hmm. Sits Love in on it. the driver's meeting. Love it. Walks out of that because the next thing right after the driver's meeting is on track. So then we strap her into the four-point harness, get a helmet on her head, and she's, bye. Bye, honey. Have fun. <laughs> and you're on track. You know, and then they put, it, they put instructors in with everybody. They actually gave her a really superb instructor. One of the lead guys of NASA Utah was in with her, and he was excellent. Right. I, I, because it's me, I did run a camera in my sessions and hers. And uh, so I got to kind of debrief with her afterward. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. she goes out there. She says to me, so I know it's a 20, 25-minute of on-track time session. And when I first pulled on track, she says, I thought, that doesn't seem like that's very long. Um, about three quarters of the Surprise! way through the session, she was baked. She was ready for it to be over, and there were still like two or three laps left. That's so funny. She gets off track, and I can only say overwhelmed is, is, was just the look on her face and her whole demeanor. She was just <laughs> wide-eyed and overwhelmed by the fire hose of information. Yeah. And then yeah. we had to divide and conquer because you were landing right about this time. <laughs> That's right. So I That's grabbed right. the Cayenne to go pick you up to get you home. She had to get the Lotus home with my son riding shotgun, but it's just now getting dark. So now she hopped directly out of track session, directly into driver's seat in the dark to drive the Lotus home. Back into street driving mode, mm-hmm. which is another mind shift. So she says to me when I got home last night, she said, I don't know that I ever want to drive your car in the dark again. <laughs> because it's not, I mean, look, it's a little mosquito on the road, but but out here in large sections of, of the roads around here in Utah on the highway, it's just car lights. There's no street lights above the freeways. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in Houston where dark. all the freeways are lighted all the time. You can turn your lights off and not know. Here, it's sure. just pitch blackness and whatever your headlights do. And if you've ever been in a Lotus Elise at night, the headlights 
work. <laughs> but there's light coming out. It's technically, light. you can see in front of the car, but there's not going to be a whole lot of, oh, good thing I caught that from a long way away. It's just kind of you and some candles. That's really kind of how it is. Yikes. So she doesn't want to drive it in the dark anymore, even though she actually, we've been debriefing a little bit about it today. She enjoyed it overall. But the initial experience was so overwhelming, followed by, here's another hour in the car, that she was a bit done when that happened. So next time, I have to kind of, I think, arrange the pre-track drive and post-track drive a little better (laughs) so that she can have kind of ramp-up time and slow-down time. Yeah. Well, now I found out my Jeep can tow 7,200 pounds, so I'm still thinking trailer. Of course you could still happen. (laughs) You know. Yeah. Okay, so so my, so my wife can sit in the back seat while we tow the Lotus to the track. I see yeah, what you're saying. Just, I, I get it. Saying. I get it. Well, guys, give us a short break. We'll be right back. When you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure you're getting real price on actual inventory. There's nothing worse than getting there and they go, well, we don't have that actual car you looked up. So a lot of times that's not the case, but with true car, it is the case. You can configure a car online, use a true car certified dealer. The pricing that you get is on actual inventory. There is a car that backs up that price. There are over 13,000 true car certified dealers nationwide. And true car users are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with these true car certified dealers. And plus, true car users save an average of over 3,000 off MSRP. Don't get me wrong. This is not true car says, we think the price is this. No, the true car certified dealer says this is the price for the car. True car is the conduit. So you want to work directly with true car, go to true car and find the car you want. Let me tell you about Pete, who loved hockey and always wanted to play in the NHL. Pete played since he was three and begged his mom to let him stay on the ice. Why, some nights he even slept in his hockey skates. Pete practiced and practiced until one day. When he was 47, Pete realized he just wasn't that good, so he threw his skates in the trash. But then he heard how Geico, proud partner of the NHL, could save him money on car insurance. So he switched and saved a bunch. So it all worked out. Hello, this is Coach Jim Harbaugh with my esteemed colleague and co-host J.T. Rogan. And we're excited to announce our new podcast, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, that's coming to Podcast One. Each week we'll be talking to different members of the Harbaugh family along with athletes, celebrities, and unique guests. On different episodes, we'll have my dad, Jack, my brother, John, my sister, Joni, my wife, Sarah, and even my kids from time to time. We'll have great guests each week, and we'll attack each podcast with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. Sounds pretty good to me. So join us each Tuesday on Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast here on Podcast One. Also make sure to subscribe on PodcastOne.com, on the new Podcast One app, or at Apple Podcasts. And Coach, who's got it better than us? I know the answer to that, JT. Nobody. All right, we're back with not debates, but some wrap-ups. Some Some conclusions. Some people that have actually concluded and landed on cars that we wanted to share with you. You've heard us ask before about, hey, if you've gotten a car, whether you decide on Todd's choices or Paul's choices or anything, or you add we'd love to hear. twice as much budget and you buy something we didn't know oh, was like an option. That that ha- That's that always fun. That happens for sure. It yeah. does. <laughs> you know what? You guys were right, and uh, I actually added 10 grand to my budget, and I, I got the thing, that and is I a, love the thing. That is a common email. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, Surprisingly, yes. I, I, I defended you. I defended you on the last podcast when okay, Chance was good. here. I made the comment about the fact that we do tease you about the Paul limiter, and yet the number of people that write us back and are like, well, I just added Ted Grant is, is a lot of like, people. How did you do that? that. Yeah. I thought your budget was hard and fast. Uh-huh. Anyway, well, yes, we've got uh, a couple of folks here. We've got Andrea from episode 202 and mm-hmm. Anna 
That was from uh, April 11. Okay, so and yeah, it was April 11. That was a, a, a freshly minted enthusiast was the title of that podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to actually start there because she wrote in having never had a car she liked. And we went back and forth trying to help her with a little bit of everything, like learn to drive mm-hmm. stick and find cars you like and listing off cars. And she wrote us just to say, guys, I'm thrilled. I have ordered a brand new Honda Civic Si, and she is – there's not another word for it. She's giddy for it to show <laughs> so up. So cool. It's so fun to hear this. these stories. I mean, we've shared uh, – Laura, was it – I think she wrote in about the Mercedes GLC mm-hmm. that she bought. And uh, it's just fun to hear – wrap up conclusions. I got the thing or I got mm-hmm. this car or I discovered this whole new world about driving that had never occurred sure. to me before. For sure. We love those stories. So mm-hmm. keep writing to us about that. Yeah. So that's a really good one. But the one that really made me laugh was the other one. And that was Andrea from episode 202. This one's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She writes in from New England and uh, she gives us, of course, we're going to slowly back catalog. I know this is all show business, but slowly back catalog all of our episodes so they'll all have numbers because it'll be a little easier to find. But um, she wrote in to say that she, after listening to us and us doing her car debate, she bought her first ever manual transmission car, a 2017 WRX. And I'm reading this email and thinking, awesome, really great. And then the email takes a turn (laughs) where it seems as if she's not very happy about it initially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she said, uh, yeah, she purchased her first new car. She was cursing this decision for three weeks. So clearly buyer's remorse going on Mm -hmm. in a big way. It's because she got the manual Mm -hmm. and she had never driven a stick and she's in her forties, which meant she had to take lessons Mm -hmm. how to drive a manual transmission. And until you get to, and it takes a while until you get to a place where manual transmission becomes subconscious. Right, right. Screw-ups are just going to happen. You're going to struggle with, if this. If I was in an automatic, I just wouldn't have, I wouldn't have to think about it. Yeah. Well, so one day, <laughs> she said, the little sucker kicked into boost and turbo while she was merging, and wow, it smacked her right in her core. <laughs> and she loved it. And now she can't get enough of it. Well, what I think is so funny is she said that when this happened, like, it hits boost in the middle of the honor, which is exactly where you want it. Hits boost. In the and in that of the car, it's a light switch. It just, it, it just comes all of a sudden on. you've got boost and it's really good boost. She said she uncontrollably just burst out laughing, <laughs> which honestly is the best part of this email. Cause it starts with three weeks of I'm cursing this car. And then all of a sudden there's that epiphany moment. Blam. And now she just, she, she says all this car does is make her smile. Yeah. She's still trying to figure out the manual, and there's days, and there will always be days. Look, Andrea, last week, I had a day in the manual. I said, what gear am I in? What? It, okay, there's a clutch. with It just happens. Okay? Mm-hmm. It happens, period. Sure. So don't worry about that. But I love that you've had a moment where the car just elicited that level of excitement from you that you just burst out laughing. That, that to me, is a great day behind the wheel. Fantastic. I love that you have that car. Absolutely. Thanks for writing, guys. We've got a lot of questions on social media for it yeah, for definitely. you guys. Uh, thanks for writing in. I want to start here on Instagram, and Brandomness asks us, in our opinion, who is making the most timeless car designs mm. and the most trendy? Mm, okay. Give us examples. And having come just off the show and looking at yeah, acres of new, new sheet sure. metal. Yes, I could say the 911. Yes, and I, I will. I will establish that. But I want to go back further, back to the 20s, when Harley Earl 
who was one of the first, if not the first person to establish design as a means of selling cars mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and making it a fashion item. Sure. So yeah. they, he worked for GM. So look up Harley Earl for the, the color and trim department. And then that turned into design and design language, again, as a way to make it a fashionable object in order to sell more cars. And that thinking started with him, mm-hmm. like I said, back in the 20s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It evolved and has progressed then. And so, yes, timeless is good, but trendy in the now is not a bad thing. True. Because you can get gorgeous cars that you love, and that sells cars. And that's why we have objects in our life, because Mm -hmm. we like how it looks. Mm -hmm. It fits Mm -hmm. our life. So I will say trendy is not a bad word by any means. But timeless, I will say, is related to shape. Mm -hmm. And the 911 fits that bill. But I'm going to take a turn on you. How about Volkswagen? The Beetle. For sure. The Bus. Yes. The Thing. Mm-hmm. All these classic, timeless designs. You know it how? Not by the detailing. You know it by the shape. You can see it in, you can see it in cutout. In Correct. silhouette, and you know what it is. Correct. Jaguar E-Type. Mazda Miata. All these iconic things. Those, to me, are timeless designs. Mm. Good or bad. Because, you know, for the Beetle, you love it or you hate it. Yeah. And the thing was never an attractive car, but you see it in silhouette, you know exactly what it is. It's a great point. It's a great point. So I look at, you know, when you say timeless, that's how I think, Mm -hmm. I guess. Mm -hmm. And then the details and how the body panels and the sections are carved up and, you know, the little textures and details, that's less relevant Mm -hmm. in my opinion. And, you know, Aston Martins, timeless, classic good looks, cycle fenders, beautiful shapes, beautiful surfaces. Mm -hmm. And so generally I'd say, you know, touching on Jaguar again, Mercedes-Benz does this. They're not so overly hyped up about the details and getting fussy with lines and, you know, how things resolve and that kind of thing or how they don't resolve. Sure. You know, there's plenty of examples how really that's the line that you chose. It (laughs) doesn't. Why does that just go nowhere? Clean up. It doesn't resolve to the, to the eye very nicely. Mm. So that's what I think in, in terms of timeless, like I said, I think uh, Jag is doing some beautiful stuff right now. Yeah. I mean, they're modern designs, but that doesn't necessarily it's mean it's not timeless. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. kind of how I'm thinking right now. Okay. I mean, Alpha's doing some beautiful stuff. Alpha stuff is gorgeous right now. That yeah. could be considered timeless. That yeah. 8C is beautiful. Yes, it's gorgeous. Again, it's gorgeous, look yeah. at those beautiful broad surfaces that mm-hmm. aren't dissected by the latest, you know, I don't know, pick a... Kia or a Honda or a well, pick Toyota, the, whatever. Pick the random vent in the uh, in the front quarter panel behind the the, the front wheel. It's <laughs> a great example. Everybody decided they needed one of those on their car. Man, the, the cooling that needed to exist or the low area of yeah. air pressure right there that needed to be resolved. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everybody has one of those, which which drives me nuts. But yeah, I hear you on that. It's interesting. Okay. All and right. it's going to be, remains to be seen how electric cars, because now the biggest thing at Frankfurt was the car being defined by the power plant. Mm, sure, yeah. And electric cars taking on a whole new look because batteries need to be cooled a lot less mm-hmm. than internal combustion engines. And so now are we going to see timeless classic design out of electric cars? Yeah. Possibly. Well, you bring up an interesting point there because, you know, I think it is interesting to look at the Tesla Model S design. Mm-hmm. Put it by a Panamera, for example. You have a Panamera sure. which has... Obviously, as as normal a power plant, the, you know the ice power plant, normal power plant as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. The Tesla doesn't need to have a long hood. It doesn't need it to doesn't? have that shape. 
And they are the exception right now in the electric car world because <laughs> generally all the electric cars have either very little nose or no nose at all because it's not necessary. But it looks like a car and it feels like a car. It looks more like a car you we expect. relate to that. Yep, agreed. It doesn't look like a little bubble with wheels. It looks like a car we're, we're, <laughs> right. we're engaged by. Right. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, right. I thought it was a fascinating question. And I'd love to hear your opinions on what is timeless. But mm-hmm. 60s designs, honestly, Ferraris and... All those big, beautiful cycle fenders, you know, and that was by method of the manufacturing and what was available, mm-hmm. using an English wheel to coax the yeah, metal into yeah, yeah. a certain surface. Carve it. I mean, you got it, yeah. Because we didn't have the mass manufacturing stamping like mm-hmm. we do now. And yeah. it's still an art form. I mean, BMW will stamp five times to coax that shape out of the sheet metal. Well, General Motors might stamp it three times mm-hmm. to save time and money. So the design can't be quite as complex or fine or finely tuned. All this is consideration when building yeah, cars. It yeah. doesn't seem readily apparent, but it's kind of like making wine. What y'all start with the same ingredients? <laughs> sure, yeah. Time and grapes and yeast and all that stuff. Yeah. Why is some wine good and some wines bad? Mm-hmm. We're all using aluminum and steel and yeah. plastic and carbon and rubber and on yeah. and on and on. Yeah. Why are some cars good? Why do they handle great? Yeah, I do other That's cars. Good. I actually not. think the silhouette test is an interesting test in this discussion. Mm-hmm. If you could put the car yeah. in full silhouette and then name and that know car. what it is instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's something there for and sure. And timeless can mean bad. Timeless doesn't yeah. necessarily oh, associate that's itself fair. with beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the smart car keeps getting revised and yet looks the same. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> we can yeah. all pick out a Citroen du Cheveux. Like, that yeah. is timeless. There you go. That Very will true. never be done again. <laughs> I can't say it's pretty. There you go. That's funny. I Quirky, like it. yes. Uh, I wanted to respond to Mitch Horner real quick. He wrote us in on social media, but didn't realize that we were actually prepping to do his car debate as well. I want to kind of combine him because his car debate was really short. He asks on social media about wh- how we feel about buying a salvage title car that's salvage title because of hail damage. Mm. No other reason. Mm-hmm. Now, the short answer to that question, Mitch, is I think if it's hail damage that allows you to get into a car you couldn't otherwise get that's a car you really want, okay. I think salvage title for that reason is fine. If you can figure out a way, because a lot of times you can't get loans on salvage title cars. and sure. If that's really the reason that it's – don't buy a flood salvage title car, by the way. But a hail damage car, okay. If they fixed it up, I think that's something you can probably go with. But your car yeah. debate that happened behind this is you asked specifically about a 2017 Acura ILX salvage title car because you can get it for less than fifteen grand. Is that a good buy? I'm going to say to you, no. The Acura ILX is essentially Acura's Civic. Hmm. Yeah. And it's a yeah. fine car, but fine in that terms of it doesn't move the needle of emotion in either direction. So if you're really looking at an Acura, look at a used TL. It's a much better car, much more interesting car. But you've actually said in your email, and I'm going to, I'm going to almost sniper shot this real quick because your email, you almost answered your own question. You said this is for your fiance, and what she really wants is an M235i or an A5, and she could maybe spend as much as twenty grand. Mm-hmm. The answer, my friend, is not this salvage ILX. Please walk away. <laughs> the answer is you can get a used A5 for twenty grand. Just go buy one if she wants that car. Yeah, and if she wants an M235i, you can't get those for twenty grand, but you can get your choice of really nice one series. So if those are the two cars she looks at as icons, don't go with the ILX salvage title. Get a used A5 or a used 1 Series and go away happy, Mitch. 
Love it. That's excellent advice. We've got, what is Chris doing on Instagram asking if we just turned 16, Mm -hmm. what car would we want to deliver pizzas? Unlimited budget. (laughs) (laughs) We love the what if theoretical questions. This is really funny. Uh, I never had the desire to deliver pizzas. Well, and if you have an unlimited budget, do you need to deliver pizzas? But that's a side note. That's a a major (laughs) side note. Yeah. You're bringing logic into the discussion. How dare you? Well, but here's, here's here's my answer. What's your preference, like personal preference, of a car with a frunk? Because a frunk is roughly the shape of a pizza box. You could stack them high. Hmm. That's interesting. You can go Ferraris. You can go Porsches. You can just put put all the pizzas in the frunk. Call it. 71 Volkswagen Beetle. Well, yeah, but that's <laughs> not where I was going, but point taken. <laughs> Unlimited budget, though. Because, see, I was thinking, you know, I'd, I'd go Subaru. I'd go uh, like a 2010 WRX. Just fun, hatchy. That kind of thing, but that's boring. But that's boring because of unlimited budget. I mean, if you've got budget, then that makes all kinds of sense. My brain is stripped because, yeah, why are we delivering pizzas? But the reason I I like groceries. But the reason I did too. The reason I like the frunk idea, though, is you don't wind up with pizza smell in the cabin. Yes, this is true. I've actually done the same thing in the Cayman. When I go to the grocery store, of course you have. You buy a chicken, you know that no one under is the surprised. Lights, yes. And you buy a chicken, and for you put dinner, it in the frunk. You put it in the frunk. Of course you do. The car doesn't smell. Of course, it's this, the greatest. This does not surprise me in the least that you've done this. So practical. Ah, uh, gosh, I'd I'd say something just absurd. It yeah. have to be, you know, <laughs> some crazy gullwing Mercedes or. Just look at me. A 300 SL Gullwig pulls up to your I mean, curb with the with the Papa John's or Domino's uh, <laughs> magnetic little triangle on the top. Your car's worth $2.1 million and you're delivering pizzas. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I used the fitted luggage Ferra- to keep your pizza warm. My Ferrari GT California <laughs> is going to go do a pizza run for the entire neighborhood. Maybe yeah. it'd be something huge, like a 53 Cadillac. Big convertible, huge boat. <laughs> 64 Lincoln with the suicide doors. Yeah, there you here go. We go. You open up the rear suicide door to pull out the pizza boxes. <laughs> now you're a baller. That thing's got a trunk on no, it, too. No, that's got a trunk. You can do pizza for the month. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. for sure. Uh, Ed Hayes wrote in and said, okay, he's writing in asking me specifically that he knows I wouldn't buy a silver car. Mm-hmm. I don't like silver cars. Yes. But he's asking, are there any interior colors that are complete no-goes for me? Like... Here's a nice-looking car, but it has that interior color, so nope, I'm walking away. Now, I will say this to you, Ed. The interior color is more of a problem than the exterior because the exterior you can easily wrap. This is true. You could actually take that silver exterior color, gray, silver, whatever that's boring. If you want to get it a different color, you can just go take and get it wrapped. This is true. What are you going to do about your weird color interior? You're going to live with it. Or you're going to pay a lot of money to fix it. And there are two colors that, honestly, every time I see it on a car, even like – Oh, that car is a bargain. That's awesome. And I look at the interior picture. I go, well, there you go. White uh-huh. and blue. <laughs> Both have been offered directly from manufacturers before. This is true. The S2000, a lot of them came with blue. I'm not like talking slate gray. Blue yeah, interiors. Yeah, blue, And they? it's awful. So blue and white are complete non-starters in interior color. Hmm. Yeah, anything cream. I, and BMW is doing this a lot mm-hmm. in SUVs. And I'm thinking, kids, people wearing jeans. People wearing blue jeans. Forget kids. What on earth yes. are you guys thinking? Yes. I Honestly, I think uh, the color and trim department needs some rethink. Well, and I will say this. you know, While, while you're on the blue jean discussion, 
for any of you that go to auto shows, I'm going to recommend this to you. If you ever find a car at an auto show with a really pale interior, these cream colors or white, mm-hmm. open up the, the driver's door and look at it. Look at the, the driver's seat specifically because I bet you money if you go to a well-peopled auto show, that front seat already is getting blue dye embedded in it just because of the number of people that go to an auto show in jeans and get in and out of that car. Mm-hmm. We see it on press days, which is far less traffic. So white yeah, and exactly. cream is, uh, for, like Paul said, forget kids for a minute. Kids, uh, you, your whole car is done now. We'll never be the same. But just <laughs> if it can't handle blue jeans, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I mean, even on camel or oatmeal or tan saddle, whatever you call it, it's happening in those interiors too. Possibly, yeah. yeah which yeah. is crazy. All right. So Red Mustang 5 Instagram is asking, when most gas cars become hybrid or electric, do you think future restorations will be easier on fully electric cars because they're probably simpler? Example is, you know, future i8 restorations. Will that just be impossible? Well, uh, hard to say because from a restoration standpoint, you're dealing with electronics. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, a 55 Chevy, you're dealing with mechanical things. You're using a vice and a jig and you're welding and you're screwing things together. <laughs> yeah. Restorations like that are really a labor of love. Do you want to be soldering things on future electric car restorations? Modifying, yes, that's mm-hmm. cool. But mm-hmm. to bring them back, I mean, you're rewiring much of the car. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe the wiring is irrelevant. Well, what I wonder is... Point. Maybe you're just doing sheet metal. Maybe that's what you're talking about. But I wonder if there will be a place in electric cars that creates some level of standardization so that they become a little bit more like PCs. Maybe. Where you can take your shell of your PC and gut it mm-hmm. and take your 10-year-old PC and make it work like a PC you bought yesterday because you took the whole innards and the plugs are interchangeable and now here's your new motherboard and graphics card and off you go. I wonder, we're not there yet, and we may not be there, but I wonder if there might be a level of standardization. And I'm going to say even just within a manufacturer. Think about Subarus. Yeah. Subarus we joke about as being kind of Legos. Yeah. You want to make your legacy more like an STI, we have parts for you. Okay? But what if... Oh, you want to do that from 2003? Same thing. Exactly. exactly. We have those same parts. (laughs) Look at that. But, but, But that makes me wonder, though. Wouldn't it be interesting if brand wise there was at least standardization so that you could get 20 years from now, the new BMW electric propulsion system and plug it into a BMW from 10 years prior. I wonder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know that they do that because why would you buy new cars? But I do wonder about right. it. <laughs> then what's the point of selling you a new car? Yeah, this is really intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just wondering if it's just you're asking in terms of sheet metal exterior design because the electronics would theoretically just kind of be okay and you're just replacing the batteries the electric motors are also fine, Theoretically, yeah. speaking. Yeah, yeah. Those really don't wear out. Mm-hmm. And you're just doing sheet metal. So theoretically, yes. But if there's any electronic, anything involved, nav screens, and I guarantee you that's going to be part of the equation. Because look at modern cars now. Things yeah. just stop yeah. working for whatever reason. Like your screen on your Jeep Grand Cherokee that you bought brand new. I've heard that story. Yeah. You know, it's still that's in weird. warranty. It's really weird. Yeah. Inexplicably just... Went black. I don't remember who the guy was that had that happen to him. That's weird. Yeah, don't know who that happened to. Anyway, uh, what else do you have? Do you see uh, Jeff's question on Facebook? I kind of had to laugh. He said, do do manufacturers try to feed us press cars, and would we take them, or do we leave that to others? Uh, Jeff, 
Uh, we are constantly chasing press cars. Absolutely. Um, there, there, there's no actual, unfortunately, in spite of the GT3 dispenser in Germany, there really aren't press car dispensers. We fight for every one we get. We, anytime we're doing a shoot, with the exception of Fast Blast, because those are private owner cars always, because those are little one-off things. But whenever we're doing a comparison shoot, we're trying to see if every car in that comparison shoot can be from a press fleet. That doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. We end up having a lot of mixes, like our look at our Focus RS piece, for example. That Focus RS was the only private owner car, but the Golf mm-hmm. R right. and the Evo and the STI were all press cars. So we chase them to try to make them all press cars, and then whatever cars we can't get, which is entirely due to schedule, other people trying to get them, the lead time we have, or our date is immovable and that car's not available that week, but it'll be available next week, whatever, we fill in the gaps with private owner cars. So we will take any and all press cars that anyone would like to loan us. <laughs> we'll take it, definitely. Well, guys, thank you so much for writing in. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. Federal government worker Blake Murray in D.C. says he's pretty much had it with the partial government shutdown. It's pretty demoralizing, um, you know, and I feel like kind of a pawn in a political game and totally powerless. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is asking President Trump to postpone his January 29th State of the Union address, citing security concerns. But Republicans say this is just politics, shutdown politics, a move intended to keep President Trump off the national stage. Going to prison for 20 years, a Tennessee teacher who took a 15-year-old student and ran for weeks prosecutor Dan Cochran. I think it's a serious sentence. 20 years is a significant amount of time. He's going to have all that time to think about what he did, the consequences of it. We asked for 30, obviously, but 20 is a very serious sentence, and we feel good about it. An employee and a customer at an IHOP restaurant in Huntsville, Alabama, were killed in a shooting that also injured another employee. I'm Rita Foley.